Welcome back, everybody, to the Star Wars podcast. Today we are recapping episode four of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So if you haven't seen that episode, go watch it. Come back to us. And you know what? Today uh, we're mixing it up a little bit. You know, we 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 dabbled in the guests and uh, but but we're coming back. We're coming back to our roots just just for a little bit. Just does just like old times with, with Tommy and myself. And, and I got to say, and, uh, you know, Tommy and I, before we started this podcast, we were Twitter friendly. It's hard to even call us like friends because we didn't really talk, you know, like we would like comment on each other's Twitter statuses and whatnot. But uh, and, and we've always had respect for each other. But it's like we're never really like friends. But I just want to say up top, I- I'm really glad tonight to just talk to my friend, Tommy. Tommy, how's it going? I'm good. I'm. I feel the same way about you, Michael. Uh, we don't have to go to couples therapy at all. Um, we've we've done it, uh, and you know sometimes you got to throw it back to your partners because you, you just never know what, what could happen to your partner that you may not even have to worry about his name anymore about redeveloping his name. You know, he may just be gone in a flash. Yeah, the, I guess we could talk about that up top because big, big story this episode. I was devastated. I talked about how much I loved our buddy Battlestar, old Lamar. It seems like he he's dead now, right? That Carly offed him. I think so. Yeah, that was a. Uh, yeah, that was pretty. Uh, this is a this was a very dark episode, and I think uh, for the series as a whole. One thing that I've noticed is, and you don't see it a lot in in the movies. Like sometimes you'll see a, somebody get punched and they'll get like a nosebleed or something. You don't see blood a lot. There's a lot of blood in the series. It's kind of it's kind of jarring. But I think that's you know that's okay with this series. And for me, this series is a lot, but it's. I think it needs to be. There's so many themes that I feel like, in, especially in this day and age, like to me, this show isn't about the Marvel universe. This is about our universe. And like, they're using the Marvel characters to convey messages that we should already know and should already be connecting to. And so I think people that are like, and most people seem positive. I'm not like coming for it, but it's like, yeah, it is very dark. And I think like it needs to be, because I think like, there has always been this like whimsicalness. And I feel like the darkest we probably gotten is Infinity War Endgame, right? Like that's probably the darkest Marvel has gone. And then you have this episode where I, I truly believe that the, the end scene is the darkest scene. And they did it so well with no dialogue. And we'll definitely like spend a lot of time talking about it. But it's like, yeah, there's a lot of blood. <laughs> I almost and thought we were watching a different show that we've talked about, Invincible, for a second. I was about to say, yeah, it's so weird because I I'll, I watch both of these shows on Fridays, and and uh, one is significantly more gory and bloodier, and I, I don't really bat an eye at that, you know. But then we come on here, it's like, oh, he has blood on his shield. Like, uh, this is this is edgy. <laughs> so, but with that being said, I, I want to stop down here before we dive into the episode. And I, and I do want to reiterate, I've been posting about it on Instagram and I just want to, I want to make sure everyone's on board. You know, uh, we will recap the end of Invincible on Amazon prime. And I think Tommy and I are enjoying it a lot. Honestly, I, I'll just say this. If you're on the fence about watching it, 
if you're watching Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you definitely need to be watching Invincible. I, I do love my Marvel. It's a completely different fix for me, you know, but honestly, I'm kind of enjoying Invincible a little bit more. <laughs> like, I'm not even going to lie. It, it's really good, and everyone should watch it because we will podcast about it. So, yeah, I mean, we'll definitely talk about this on that podcast, but like, it, I think people are going to be scared away because it's an animated show, but it's like, it's nothing. It is nothing like anything else on right now. And the fact they have like, I would say close to t- more than 10, at least characters that they are giving full narrative stories on. And I don't feel like anyone is being, you know, we talked about with Fal- to, to bring it back to Falcon when a soldier, we talked about how, you know, episode two, episode three, it felt like there's too much happening. There's too many cooks in the kitchen. I don't feel that way about invincible. So you should definitely check out invincible, watch it. It is everything I've dreamed as someone that has followed the the comics for so long. And I'm still shocked by some of the things that they're doing in the series. So very good. Yeah. And we just want to thank Amazon prime for letting invincible sponsor this podcast where <laughs> that ad is now over with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, we'll, we'll die. We'll go. We'll, we'll jump back into the Marvel universe here. We'll, we'll start by uh, breaking down the episode. Uh, and this was interesting to start off. We get a flashback to uh white wolf in wakanda and this was uh, so yeah we go back to wakanda six years ago and we get we get uh bucky and th- the scene is all about io reciting the 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 magic words to bucky to see it to see if he's fixed right um and i thought that's i still really don't know how this worked honestly like Later, Io says it took time, will, and resources to bring Bucky back. But do we ever get clarification on how that worked, or do we need it? You know, I I don't think we need it. I I think it's exactly what you said. It it was a lot of, you know, it was a lot of stuff that probably would be very boring to watch. But I think the key for me in this scene is, A, the relationship between Bucky and Io. Like, Like, to me she was the one in charge of rehabilitating him. And so there is this like kinship. I feel like that he, but also the other side of it is his fear of those words. I don't know if that fear has completely went away for him. I think he hides it better, but in the scene, we see how terrified he is, even though he knows he's cured. It's still like, I mean, it would be terrifying to think that, potentially someone could just trigger these words and make me do something with no, with no control in the matter. That's terrifying. And to know what happened for him for years, I, he did Sebastian Stan did such a good job in this scene. I thought of conveying that like fear. Yeah, no. So he's, he's an icon, uh, loving him a lot. And, uh, but yeah, we we cut back we cut back to the the real time where we left off last episode. It's, it's Io and Bucky talking, and uh, she says he has eight hours, eight hours to do with Zemo as he will. Uh, he's uh, and then oh, oh here's another here's another thing that uh, kind of threw me off. They they agree upon this eight hours to use Zemo, however uh, Bucky sees fit, and then he hands over two black balls to Io. Did you pick up on this? Yeah, I think they were the balls that he picked up, like the how she he recognized that she was there. I don't know what they do if they're just like uh, a like they're just like a 
a sign to Wakandans like, hey, we're around, we're watching you, or if they actually do something. But that's, I believe those are the ones he picked up at the end of last episode, where he picked them up and was like, hey, I have to go do something real quick. And then he went into the, the alleyway. Uh, but yeah, I do you think eight hours is enough time for you? If like someone was like, hey, you have eight hours to plan a surprise party for someone, uh, but that's it. After that eight hours, it better be ready. Do you think you'd have enough time? I, I'm a big planner. I, I like I, I like using the calendar app on my phone. You know, I like to know like weeks in advance before I'm doing something. So if somebody, even if it was like, hey man, want to go see a movie tonight? I'm just like, ah, uh, look, uh, what is that? Eight hours away? Ah, uh, I really it, like. It's a mental thing. Like I have to like rewire my entire brain because like I, when I wake up, I have my day planned out, and then like when somebody wants to do something different, it completely throws me off. And maybe that's a personal thing, but. Look, I'm no, not an eight hours guy, so I'm with you. I'm with that about like weeks even because it's like I plan my days of like this is my day to relax and chill. And if someone's like throwing something in there, I'm like, oh no, I like spread myself thinly that I need this one day. This is my one day to recharge. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Uh so anyone wanting to hang out with the the Stark War boys, uh, you better give us more than eight hours. Yeah, and, no. and to be fair, I'm not usually doing anything, right? Like, I'm, <laughs> like, but but to be fair, so eight hours I think is not enough for me personally. But I don't think it's enough to do this particular task, right? No, they had no idea what like there. There's too much unknown for this task that uh, they still had to find out the location of of uh, Carly, and uh, we, you know, I I think they needed way more than eight hours, and I think Bucky knew this when he made that deal. Yep. So uh, we we get a we get another scene here. Uh, Bucky comes in. He he tells them about the uh, the Wakandans show up. We we get some funny dialogue. Zemo's Zemo's great in this episode. He, well, he's been great all season so far. Um, from the dancing to the to the, just just the quick jokes here and there. But I, I, he's just so fun. There's one scene coming up. We'll talk about when we get there. But he cracks me up. Um, but we get some funny lines here as far as like, hey, it, it's kind of weird for you to defend me, right? <laughs> like, why why are you sticking up for me? Yeah, and I think what's cool is like we did see that they, they trust him to a point in this episode. And there's there's so much distrust in everything. I think this episode is very much distrust between Walker and Falcon and all them, between Bezimo. Everyone distrusts everyone. No, there is no trust. And uh, yeah, one of my favorite scenes or lines was when he was like, talking about uh avengers and nazis and and uh i can't which one said bucky or falcon said like those are our friends and then the other one goes not the nazis the, the avengers <laughs> i thought that was a funny funny little line um the the talk of tts uh i'm glad that 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 is being used and we're you know uh falcon's aunt and uh i one of the things i thought was cool and obviously we see it way more because this this outcove that they you know i guess it's zemo's bunker i don't know someone's someone's hangout we see it a lot but i liked and obviously it was a clear detail but in the background this the glass is red white and blue like little stars if you look they're like red white and blue stars behind them and like almost like a stained glass has thing and uh especially because this scene you know sam's there at some point cat the the fake cap johnny walker uh john walker comes in there too and um i thought it was a really nice touch 
Yeah, I, I I do. I can picture those stained glass windows now, but I did not put it together. That is interesting, and I see it now. So that, that is cool. There's a there's a lot of little callbacks in here, and I'm I'm excited to touch on some of those. Yeah. Um, another th- another topic of conversation here is Danya Madani, which um, man, I, I still don't know if I said that right. Like that is like got to be like one of the most complicated names ever because it's oh maybe it's Danye or or because I want to say Donna, but it's not Donna. Seth, that was Donna. I, I think it's it's got a little more uh, zing to it. I think it's like Donye or D- no. Should all know, names look. should all names just have zing on it? Like, <laughs> should we just like I will be Tommy, <laughs> Tommy, and uh, Mikey. <laughs> yeah, very like, Italian. Just, yeah, I'll just be Italian. Um, yeah, it was an interesting name. Um, and yeah, we get talk because basically they're trying to find Carly through uh, Danye and and finding out uh, where she is because they know that that's where Carly was last. Uh, we also I do like that Zemo recognizes that like as much as Zemo hates super soldiers, even Zemo can recognize that Steve was one in a million. Like he's like because he talks about it. He talks about like a lot of the talk is here about how like super soldiers is just so dangerous because you it increases everything it doesn't just increase your speed or anything else it also amplifies any of your characteristics and like everyone recognizes it. like steve is just one in the million like you're not going to get someone that like the characteristics are just so good and so pure and uh, i just like i like that they bring up steve i like that there's like this legacy of regardless of what happens to the captain america legacy it's like the legacy of steve even with villains lives on yeah, no, that's that's all over this episode. There's so much respect given to him. Zemo brings it up. Battlestar brings it up later. One of the Flag Smashers talks about how he was a fan of Captain America. There's so much respect on Steve Rogers' name, and we'd love to see it. Do you think they also had a trading card collection like uh, Phil Phil Coulson had? Um, do you think everyone has, like, do you think those trading cards are even rare? Do you think they're, like, common to have a Captain America trading card? Yeah, I'm curious. I don't know much about like trading cards today, but I feel like there are, there is a big difference in between like the ones that are really expensive and and special now. But then there's also like they're just like trash at this point. So yeah, uh, yeah I'd be interested. I'd be interested to know about what the Avengers or Captain America trading cards are like. There is definitely a holographic one, which with a shield where it's like you move it and this like shield like gets thrown. That was definitely one of the trading cards at some point. Oh yeah, so we 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 need some uh, we need some trading cards. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get those going. Um, yeah, so so cut out of here. We get we get a couple quick scenes. Uh, we get to the flash flag smashers for a bit. Um, we we also go back to the uh, we're in the town square. Zemo. Zemo is very, yeah, like you said, this is like, I think that was his like bunker. And this is like an area where he, he talks about he has parties or dinners or whatever here. So he's very familiar with the area. Um, another one. So, so, and then, yeah, then I guess the next big scene here is Sam is kind of, uh, he's, he's walked into it, what seems like a flag smashers headquarters of sorts. And he's basically going around asking for for Don. I, I'll say Donna, Donye, Donna. I I don't know why I'm struggling with that so much. I'll just say Donna. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'll support you either way. But yeah, we see all of them. The three, the three, the you know, uh, Zemo, Sam, and Bucky. They all go to that to the the repatriation camp, the one we've seen, the one where Donye did die at, 
and they're all having their different way of trying to figure out where Carly is. And like what I have in my notes is like everyone's just running from Sam. Like no one wants to talk to Sam. Like I don't know. No one's vibing with him. Like every time he tries to get any information, they're all like out the door, like zoop zoop. <laughs> uh Bucky's just kind of keeping an eye on on Zemo. But really, Zemo has the plan. And we see in the last episode he mentions Turkish delight. And obviously. This to me, you know, there is a book from my youth that I was very fond of where Turkish Delight is used by a villain. Uh, oh, is it, uh, is it, oh gosh, is it Lion, the Witch, in the Wardrobe? It is. Yes. Where the, the evil witch, the ice witch in that, in that book gives Turkish Delight to a child, Edmund, to get him to trust her. And to me, this was such a callback to that you have zemo uh, sam's being very uh, uh, you know authoritative going to people asking directly zemo is the calculator one that's like i need to get these people on my side first and then i can get information so he gives the turkish delight to the children and getting one child to uh tell him the secret i did think it was weird that they like really focused on like hey these are bad people but tell me because then he tells like it's like he just wanted it was just so that he could have a little bit of leverage later on but it was like I thought it was going to turn into more like the whole time. Like this is Zemo's master plan. This is how he's going to escape. And then he escaped very weakly, but uh, yeah, I like the Turkish delight. I've never tried Turkish delight. Should we buy some? Like, do it, what does it taste like? Yeah. That's what I'm wondering. Is it like an actual brand of something? Cause, and I didn't remember the lion, the witch and the wardrobe thing until like, once you said it, it rung a bell. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I, is it, I don't think it's a, is it a thing? I feel like it's just like a, I thought it was a so as a kid I thought it was like a savory dish. I thought it was like I thought he ate like a like it was like a turkey and and potatoes. But uh, now looking at it, it looked like a little candy. It looked like a little like a like a caramel or something. Yeah. So uh, well, another another thing that Zima does here that that I have to point out because I, I, from the from the get go I was like this is not going to go over well because he's approaching them like a horror movie villain singing a nursery rhyme in the creepiest way. He's singing Baba Black Sheep, which, uh, look, uh, I'm a dad. I've got kids. Uh, sometimes we'll throw on the YouTube and we'll do like the, the kids nursery rhyme thing and they'll kind of cycle through different ones. This is one I've heard. If I hear, if it comes up, Baba Black Sheep, I'm skipping it. It's creepy in general. Like, I don't know if it has like, I know a lot of these like old nursery rhymes, like, they actually mean like more creepy things like ring around the rosy and whatnot. But I don't know. Black Baba black sheep. It's, I mean, it sounds satanic. Like I, I <laughs> so when we meet in person, I should not wear a, a cool coat, uh, come up to your children and go, Baba black sheep. And then like hand them Turkish delight. Like that's not, that's not the move. Is what you're Look, talking. you're, you're 60% of the way there. Cool coat. We love it. Uh, Turkish lights. Bring them on, please. We need to try them. Uh, yeah, but you can cut out the Baba Black Sheep. But doesn't like the other stuff, like, like it's like, yeah, he's a little creepy with the Baba Black Sheep, but the other stuff, he's like, I don't think anyone's phased by it. They're like, oh, he's singing a creepy song, but at least he has candy. Isn't yeah. that like the trope of all, like, uh, like, that is the other thing. Why are these children, did these children not get taught you don't take candy from strangers? Like, I, I was a little like good on Zemo for using candy, but like bad on the children. I'm sorry, children, but you should not be accepting Turkish delight from Zemo. You just shouldn't. 
Yeah, well, we know we know they live in this this uh, GRC camp, and uh, they're talking about how their resources are limited, and they're not treated with the right amount of respect. And look, maybe they don't. I mean, maybe that's like the only candy this little girl has seen in a while. So I, I kind of get it from that perspective, but at the same time, you're right. Especially man singing Baba Black Sheep. Do not take candy from him. You know, these kids could have it worse. They could be stuck in a town, stuck in their rooms, frozen on the side of Westview because Wanda is keeping them criminal. But instead, they are they are living. They are thriving. I'm sorry you don't get candy. Please don't accept candy from strangers. Yeah, Carly needs to watch WandaVision because, look, you, uh, you've got a good. You've got a good. Yeah, that's really like the lesson here is like you guys may be complaining, but it could be worse. It could be worse. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, yeah, we go, we go back to, we go back to the headquarters and, uh, Sam's talking about how, and this is really like the start of his, the theme of his, the episode for him really is how much he, he understands Carly. He gets where she's coming from. Her, her motivations are completely, are completely in line with his really. Uh, but it's more so about the method and he, and he talks about that here. Um, and yeah, this is when we get into leverage a little bit. Again, I, I don't think he even really knows anything at this point because later we meet we meet back up with the kid and he's like, okay, yeah, show me where to go. And they have to like follow her. Like, I, I don't think he knew. Yeah, I think the only thing is like they needed Zemo because the kid wasn't going to trust them maybe. So it's like that was his leverage. Is like you need me because without me, the girl's not going to tell you. Um, but yeah, th- this whole thing, and this is the thing about Sam that I'm intrigued by. This whole episode, it really feels like, Sam, why are you even a, a superhero at this point? It doesn't even feel like he believes in the things he fights for. And so I'm interested to see how he becomes Cap at the end. Because I, I that's got to be where it goes, right? You would think. But at the same time, none of the messages and the, the none of the things that seem important to Sam lines up with the, the world that it is right now, the government, the, the the organization he's running. Maybe this is the change. Maybe he starts that the new direction of uh, the Avengers. But but right now I'm intrigued by Sam's character because, yeah, he's like almost like Zemo. And in, in a lot of ways, he's like agreeing with Zemo on a, on a lot of their takes. Uh, but also like in this scene, we get a line. And I think this is another one that really gets brought up a lot in this episode is the ends justify the means. Zemo says it. I think John Walker said like, it's like many people believe the ends justify the means. And and that's a common, I've heard it in real life, you know? Yeah, no. And that's, uh, I, yeah, just a, a big theme of this episode is like, what are you willing to do to get what you want? Right. Um, yeah. One of the other things we see here is we do see Sam call Sharon. And Sharon's not utilized a lot in this episode. I have theories. I have thoughts. I don't know if I like these thoughts. But after hearing some of these thoughts, I can't help but think they could be right. And I don't like it. Um, I won't get into it yet. I know some people don't like when we do this, but I, I do think it will work better at the end. Um, but Sharon is an interesting character to follow. To me, a lot of times with these shows, I think, why are they bringing these characters in? And I still haven't grasped exactly why Sharon is here. Zemo makes sense, right? Like, Zemo was necessary to continue the plot. 
Sharon isn't yet. So I think there is something more with Sharon. I have my thoughts. We will get to it. But yes, Sam calls Sharon and uh, they, you know, they do a little chit chat, basically filling him in that like power brokers pissed. Uh, they killed, they killed uh, Neagle and he's like, that was his golden goose. And uh, like power brokers, not happy. Yeah, another interesting thing that comes up in this conversation, and this is going to be interesting to track because I I don't know if any of this raised any alarms for you throughout the episode, but I, it became very clear to me that I had some predictions that were very wrong, and you had some predictions that were very right. Uh, my my prediction, I, I said that Zemo wanted the super serum, right? I, I thought that that was his goal. I think that is clear by the end of the episode. It wasn't. He just wants to destroy it, like you said. But the one thing that you predicted, and I don't even know if you remember predicting this. This might have been like in our preview or something. But you said that you might, we might see uh, Sharon fulfill the role as like the woman in the chair, or or the woman who's kind of like uh, googling things behind the scenes and giving them information. And I think she very much fulfills that role role here um one interesting thing that comes up during this phone call she she brings up she has access to satellites what's going on there tommy why does she have satellites well i think i know why i don't know you know yeah like she's supposed to be outside the government but it really feels like she has all the power of the government the other thing is do you know who we've forgotten in all this uh falcon's partner in the beginning um oh uh torres Torres, she basically took the role of Torres. Torres was his his man in the chair, and now it's like, oh well, like, sorry, Torres, take a step. Like Sharon technically was here first, so we're gonna let her tell us things. Uh, sorry, Torres, but yeah, I which isn't again. This is the, what we talk about. There's almost too many cooks sometimes, but yeah, Sharon has too much information for someone that's so. Uh, was was treated so poorly because Cap threw her to the side. Mar, 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 Sharon. He's, Sharon, you're not fooling me. <laughs> yes, we'll get back to that. We but, can, also, we'll... but also don't tell Sharon, please. Don't tell her. I'm scared. Oh, yeah, please. Yeah. Luckily, she doesn't listen to the podcast. We, <laughs> and, uh, we'll, we've dodged that bullet thus far. And if she, if she stumbles upon it, we might get in trouble. But look. Imagine one day we get like a tweet that's like from like, Sam, or you know, uh, from from Sebastian Stan, it's like, hey, I didn't like what you said. I honestly wouldn't even be upset. I'd be like, okay, thank you for listening. <laughs> yes, roast me, King. Yeah, I, yeah. At that point, I will be now like, it, they will now be a sponsor of the podcast. If someone, if if one of the Marvel character actors listens to the podcast, I don't care if you do the worst things in the universe. If if Elizabeth Olsen starts listening to the podcast. I will be pro Wanda so fast, so fast. I will never say a bad thing about her again. Look, you're shooting high. You get you got Sebastian Stan tweeting at us, Elizabeth Olsen listening. Look, I think we're lucky to get Torres at this point. Right? Uh, well, Torres tweeted us. I won't say a bad thing about Torres. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Um, so so we'll go to this flag smasher scene where they're they're in a graveyard. We find out that Carly has a secret stash in one of the tombstones or graves or whatever. Interesting spot. Um, I, I also think there was a, a this this kind of becomes a problem later on, obviously, with the serum. I don't think that there was any point where she needed to remove the serum from the grave. <laughs> I think that was kind of convenient. Well, I think potentially it was because her whole thing was like, I need the army now. So we have to get it so we can create the army. But like, if I'm her, 
I would have created the army from the beginning before anyone caught wind of you. Because was there like, were you trying to get the right people? Were you having, uh, were there interviews? Was there like a job call on like Indeed? Like, hey, looking for flag smashers here. Um, or maybe they like code. It was like uh, looking for lag mashers. Uh, <laughs> please, <laughs> please message me and uh, you can be part of the team. Like, was there a process? Why was she taking so long on picking people to take the syrup? Yeah, again, I, I don't really get it. They kind of mentioned kids. Uh, so I, I felt like it was maybe Zima's buddy is going to get it or was going to get it, I guess. I don't think it's a possibility now, but maybe, no, maybe okay, she was yeah. not being eyed for the role of the next super soldier. Why didn't Donya get it? I feel like that could have saved her possibly. That's Just a good point. Shoot her up. Zoop. Yep. Just Pulp Fiction uh, uh, stab right into the heart and we're good to go. Superpowered elderly. I don't know how old. I don't want to say she's elderly, but but what about like superpowered old people? That could be dangerous. It could be scary. They have knowledge. That yeah, that kind of reminds me of the old lady and Captain Marvel that is well, she's actually a scroll, and uh, we think that there's like a powerful old lady, but it's actually just a scroll. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> fair. But yeah, I like this scene. I again it's like we're getting more of Carly, and I think so many people's frustrations with Carly and the Flag Smashers is they're very wishy-washy. And I think that's on purpose. I don't think Carly knows what she stepped in. I really think we get it in this episode of how hypocritical she is at times, how uh, contradictory she is. And, and, and Sam calls her out on it at, you know, in, in the scenes coming up. And I think that kind of is the point. And so after I kind of grasped my mind behind that, I kind of like Carly more knowing that she is just a kid who jumped way too into the deep end. She didn't grab her floaties. She just jumped right in. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah, I like all these fly smashers because this other guy, I, I don't even know if we ever get his name, but obviously it becomes a big part of the episode. We, we get him here originally in, in like the graveyard area and obviously again at the end, but this guy, and this is when he opens up about being a Captain America fan, which is just uh, kind of heartbreaking when you, when you look at it later. But the, and yeah, they're talking about, they're talking about the shield and, and the legacy of the shield. And, and Carly thinks the shield should be destroyed. And yeah, I guess, I guess this is all some pretty heavy foreshadowing uh, to what happens at the end. All the shield yeah. talk. Oh, it a hundred percent. Like this is all about legacy. And um, yeah. And we get going into this from this, we get Cap and, and uh, Battlestar. Uh, they, they meet back up with Bucky and Sam and they're like, why did you break Zima? Why is all this happening? They're very upset, um, but they all agree to go uh, meet up with Carly together as long as everyone's cool, cool, cool. And they let Sam do the talk. Let Sam talk to Carly first. And and one of the things I think is cool is like they do get to show Sam's chop of like, I think things pe people forget is like after Sam, you know, was done with the Air Force and lost his partner and all that. He was a therapist to vet, vets. He knows how to talk to people. He knows how to talk people down. He knows how to understand people. And I'm really glad they show that side of him in this scene. This is probably my favorite scene. As much as the end scene is chilling, this scene with the funeral is a really good scene for the series. It tells you a lot about both characters and also tells you a lot about John Walker and the way that he handles what what happens. So they, they go up to the funeral and uh, John Walker is not happy, Michael, 
Uh, one more, one more thing that I would point out before we get to the funeral. There's a very funny. This made me laugh more than anything so far. Maybe since Wandavision episode one, because episode one I laughed a lot there, um, specifically. <laughs> Zemo calls the little girl his associate. I don't know why. <laughs> that just killed me. Uh, not super important. I just I had to touch on that. And once again, like you accept a candy from a stranger. Now you're going with four, five. Uh, adults two of which he told you you couldn't trust but now you can like this child someone needs to save this child yeah not a good situation and uh yeah we will we will go to the funeral and uh this is okay and obviously i've i've kind of i'm very much the devil's advocate right like uh, innocent until proven guilty you know let's give everyone a chance all right uh, uh, John Walker obviously was was cast on the show to be the villain. I, I wasn't ready to paint him with that brush because a lot of the stuff he was doing, it really was just like his duty as Captain America, right? He he had he had to do certain things. He had to interrupt some of the situations that Sam and Bucky were in. I, it kind of was his jurisdiction in some situations. At this point, I'm done. I, I do not. I'm out. I'm officially out. I can no longer defend you, John Walker. This is your obviously by the end. It's this your worst episode. But all, but all of this scene, like there's the funeral going on, and then later Sam goes and talks to Carly. But Cap is still back there with with Zemo, who's locked up. And then we get Bucky, and and he's just so impatient. He's being such a baby about it, and he's like talking about how how that uh, Sam needs backup. And it's like, dude, relax. Like Sam, this is like Sam. Like you said, this is Sam's forte. John Walker, take a freaking chill pill, and by and by chill pill, I don't mean super serum. Just relax, dude. Ugh. So I agree with you. This is my thing that I will say about John Walker is I think if he was never assigned to be Captain America, he would have lived a very pleasant life. He would have never. I think John Walker has a lot of insecurities. I think there is a lot of. Um, privilege that he has that he's unaware of. And I think getting into the position of Captain America magnified a lot of those uh, negative things about him to put him in the position that he, that he does something. And I'm not like justifying what he does, but I did get the sense like with this scene, right? Like it's like, he is very urgent and panicking. I think a, it's like, he doesn't really trust Falcon at this point. Like we trust Falcon. We know Falcon. I don't think he does, but I also think it's like almost like a, a jock guy thing. And I'm not saying this in a good way. I think he feels like he still needs to prove himself as cap. He was given this position. And has he actually succeeded once he hasn't. And I think that's like, we see it later on is he loses to everyone. He hasn't won a fight. And I think he's like kind of embarrassed by this. So I think there is a part of him that wants to go in there and like prove that he should be cap. I don't think he truly believes he should be. And so I think that's why he, he bum rushes. He doesn't want Sam to succeed because he wants to succeed. And uh, I agree with you though. Like I was so irritated because I'm like, Sam's doing it. Like the conversation between Sam and Carly is so good because like I've already kind of said, and, and you can, you can talk about it a little bit too, is he points out all of her flaws and her thought and how he's like, and I think both Carly and um, and John are the same in the sense that I think they both got jumped, thrown so far into the deep end without a chance to like without without floaties without a chance to like catch their breath, and they're both now just like 
it's like when you get into an argument and you realize you're in the wrong, but you're so far deep at this point, you're just like, I got to keep going. Like, that's how I feel like both of them are by the end of this episode. They're, they're too far and they have their brain hasn't caught up to what's happening to them. Yeah, this is, I, I agree. The The conversation here with Sam and Carly, I, I got a lot of like brother sister vibes out of this, right? Like that, that seems like their kind of relationship at this point where like they're, they're very similar people. Like they seem to have like similar uh, difficulties going on and like they understand each other in that way. But it's almost like, like for me, if I was like talking to my younger sister, like, Hey, guess what? I've been through these struggles before. Like I totally get it. I know what you're going through, but maybe like the way you're going about it could be, could be fixed a little bit. So I do. I, I like that. I like that relationship a lot. Like that's something that I, that uh, I mean, it's very, it's been very minimal up until this point, but like there, there seems to be a lot of respect between the two of them. And I really like that. It's, it's kind of a powerful relationship. Yeah. I think Sam said at one point, I agree with the fight, but not the way. And I, there's so many people I, I know in real life that it's like, they're fighting the right thing. I agree with their motivation. I agree with their thought process, but the way they are doing it is you have to take a step back sometimes. And I think Carly is in that situation of like, what she is saying is true. I think Wanda, you know, to always bring it back to WandaVision, was kind of the same way. There were things I like understood why Wanda did, but it's like this is not the way. <laughs> like this is not this is this is not we are not in the Mandalorian. This is not the way. Yeah, not <laughs> that's it's not it. It's not mm-hmm. it, Carly. Um but yeah, so this this is when yeah, uh uh walker walker has enough and he's coming in and it, it just ruins everything there was a great conversation going on ruins that uh Car- carly thinks that she's built some trust with sam and that's completely shattered too and uh yeah this is it, it leads into a very interesting chase sequence um i, I think i i guess the highlight here is uh well first of all zemo our king daddy zemo he kind of comes to the rescue here and, and pins Carly down, uh, fires off some shots, and she flips over a table, spills the serum everywhere. And uh, kind of as we hinted at before, this is when Zemo, he's like, yeah, this is my opportunity. No more no more serum. And he just, he's, he's shattering the vials. Yeah, he's like dancing like he did in the club. He's like jumping on these, these serums left and right, uh, crushing them all. <laughs> That's good. That's good at it. <laughs> I, that's a vision that I I didn't know I needed in my head, but it's there now. Yeah, we could only see the lower half, but I can only imagine that he was like fist pumping while he was crushing those serums. <laughs> yes, we <laughs> any chance we could get more dancing Zemo, it's what we need. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, at this point, especially with the serum rolled out, I'm like, okay, this is his chance. You know, this is your chance to become powerful. But yeah, as he predicted, he just wants this stuff gone. He's fed up with it. He's smashing the vials. And then he gets hit in the head and the real man who wants the serum shows up and he steals a vial. This is not good. Not good. Nope. It, it wouldn't have fit Zemo's character for him to want that because maybe if they were retconning him, right? But it's like the character that we saw is like he lost everything to superpowered creatures. He lost his whole family. So for him to then want to become one, I feel, uh, didn't make sense. Now he's, I think, still a very bad person <laughs> who has a very... Uh, bad way of dealing with things but uh yeah john grabs the serum and we knew this was coming it, it, it was inevitable in this episode but i was surprised he didn't take it right away he pockets it 
Yeah, and this is kind of jumping around here, but th- this is another very interesting part of the story where it's kind of like we do. We see this like this internal struggle going on the Walker throughout the entire episode where he's like trying to figure out if this is what he needs to do. And we, and we get separate conversations with Zemo and Sam, who Zemo asks Sam, would you ever take the serum? Sam says no. Uh, later comes up, John Walker asks Battlestar, would you ever take the st- serum? He says, hells yeah. Which again, that's kind of like a beautiful contrast between these two uh, uh, these, these two separate sides here. And yeah, this I, I, I like I like the internal struggle. And like you said, it, it comes up a little bit later. Uh, it, it's much more motivated by like, he's just sick of losing, man. Like he's, lo- he's such a loser. Huge loser. Yeah. I mean, he's, he says it coyly to, or he says it to uh, Bucky in this. He's like, oh, like you feel so powerful with you because you had the super soldier. So everything's so easy for you. And uh, yeah, I, I thought it was interesting. You didn't take it right away, but I think it made sense. It did make me question like, is this why he's been so fascinated with getting Carly though? Is like, is there a part of him that always kind of wanted it? As much as he's still questioning actually taking it, I do think that's why he was pursuing this as hard as he has been. Yeah, that that's a that's an awesome read. I, I didn't really consider that, but and, and to be fair, I don't th- I don't know that we'll ever see that in the show. I don't know if he'll ever admit that, but honestly, yeah, I think that is very much in hindsight probably the intent of of this character and his journey thus far. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so we get we go to the next scene. Uh, another another flag smasher scene. We get a lot of flag smashers talk in this episode, just kind of like their motivations and and whatnot. Which uh, you take or leave of those. Uh, but, but I guess the highlight is uh, the power broker is getting in contact and threatening Carly, um, which is interesting. The power broker threatens Carly, and then later we get Carly threatening Sarah. So again, I I think it's very much like not so much like Carly is. Maybe it's not so much that Carly is just like violent to solve her problems, but I think it's, I think we see examples here and like she's been stepped on in numerous ways and it's not so it's coming back in her personality. Like it's, it's, it's showing herself being that threatening individual and it's not so much that she's evil, but it's because it's been happening to her, you know, you Um, are, you are what's forged by the world, you know, Forged by the world that you were around. I think she is someone that has been just pushed down. And, and so many times that she finally has the ability to take back something, to take ownership. And I don't think she's ready for it. And I think the way she does it isn't right. But it's like, for her, she doesn't see another way. And we see with John is someone that he is constantly, like, since I feel like he has to keep proving himself. And I think that's why he does what he does. There's reasons for everything. Are they right or are they wrong? I mean, the reason Sam gave up the shield, it all makes sense. Like they've done a good job of, in my opinion, of like building these characters to a degree. I do think they need to do more. I I, I think this series, and we'll talk about it probably at the end, but I think it will do so much better in a binge than WandaVision would, I think. I think this show is a six-hour movie, in my opinion, where it works when when you see it all in one continuous uh, clip. Yeah, and I think uh, just uh, talking about like the generalization of all of these Marvel shows, again, I think uh, the WandaVision, I loved WandaVision. I loved almost every episode. I And we've talked about it. I don't know that it stuck its landing 100%. And I think this show's going to be a bit of the opposite, or at least maybe I'm hope- hoping. I, I, I don't love it as much as WandaVision, 
But I do, I can sense that this is probably going to be a way more impactful ending than WandaVision had. So uh, I think I think we're kind of getting two halves of the same coin when it comes to these two shows. I love what it's making me question. I love that it's making me think about the world around us. That's what I love about Falcon. I don't know if I love it as a MCU thing, but I love it as in it's making me challenge things that I thought I knew. And I think that's what I think... I'm hoping that's what the show is about is it's about like questioning your world sometimes, but also not doing it in the car the way. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. And that, that's when the show's at its best. In my opinion, it's the Sam and Carly conversation they have uh, even back in episode one with, with Sarah and Sam, the bank and, and how they're dealing with that kind of stuff. It, it, I mean, and then uh, Isaiah, um, Isaiah, that's, yeah, that's, that was my other example. These are like the high points of the series for me, and I, I almost wish it was more like that. Um, well, I, I never thought I would say it, but step back from like the comic book stuff for a little bit. I don't know that we always need like the fire. And, and again, like that was like the whole appeal to the show for me was like uh, like the boom, boom, bang, bang, explosion, gunshots. Like I needed some action in my life, but I, I'm finding way more in the show and. Yeah, I, I want it to be more of that. So yeah, well, we do get some fight fight uh, with some some Wakandans show up. Uh, Io comes back, and their eight hours are up, and everyone's fighting. Uh, we got Bucky, we got Zemo, who's not really fighting, but we got Bucky, we got Sam, but they're not fighting at first. At first, it's just John Walker and Battlestar fighting the Wakandans, and they are doing very poorly. And Sam is like, hey, Bucky, like, we should probably help them out. <laughs> like, we, we should do something about this. Yeah, I like that. They weren't helping at first. They were just kind of watching. They, they were kind of enjoying it for a bit. But uh, yeah, they, they knew they were coming for Zemo. So they had to step in eventually. There's a couple cool things in this fight. Uh, obviously, uh, Walker's getting his butt kicked, as we talked about. Big loser. Losing all his fights. Um, but <laughs> there was a cool trick that was played on Bucky where Io... Uh, dislocates his arm uh, completely, takes his arm off, which that was something like, obviously it makes sense now that she could do that, but I never would have expected that. That was kind of like an interesting attack. Yeah, I mean, they they know it, right? He didn't even know they could do that. And I think that like goes to their relationship, but also like I saw it as like, I don't know if I'm Bucky, like that's such a a personal, like he almost, in my mind, she took away his manhood in a way like she like really was like the one thing that you're like this giant arm you have i can take away i can take it away in a second i can take that away from you i don't know like to me it was like very uh eye-opening that she can do that yeah quick survivor reference this is like brenda making don take out her teeth <laughs> yeah like, this is uh it's like a little demoralizing and uh i think it is like it's kind of her saying like hey uh, I love you, White Wolf. You know, I, I, I helped build you up. We gave you this arm. I, I helped you come out of this this uh, Winter Soldier spiral you're in. But I can also bring you back. So don't mess with me. <laughs> you are nothing without me kind of attitude. Yeah. That's how I saw it. But yeah, I mean, we see that. We see Zemo sneak away. And some people had issues with the fact that it was kind of like, it, it, there was this buildup of like, when's Zemo going to turn? It was just like, dude. But, and this may be something, because I know you talked about there was a lot of movie references this was kind of like what he did in civil war, you know, and that he just kind of slunked away. He started yeah. the drama and he's like, see you later. 
This is actually, and I know this is entirely unintentional, but it reminded me, I don't know if you've ever seen Reservoir Dogs, uh, Quentin Tarantino's first movie, Reservoir Dogs. There, basically, there's a big fight at the end. There's a guy named Mr. Pink, and he kind of slips away, and the various, he kind of causes a lot of the issues, and then he kind of slips away. I mean, it's very similar to that. So, again, I don't think that that was the reference, but I thought yeah. it was silly. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, there was a lot of cool fights. The the door melage, I really I really like the the whole thing. And so and uh, I think Walker at one point he kind of takes a jab at them and just says like put down your pointy sticks or whatever. And then like yeah, he, he gets his ass kicked. So well, and one of the I mean, there was so much good showing not telling in this. And one of them is when they threw the spear and took his shield away, and he goes. I think the battle has ended at this point. I think the battle has ended at one point and he goes to pull his shield up and he can't get it. And then they uh, go and do it for him just to show that, that like it was such a power move and that he can't even, he can't even handle the shield that he's given. Yeah. And later he makes the comment. He's like, they weren't even super soldiers. Like he's just like kicking himself. Like, man, I suck. Well, I wanted to double down. I want to like take a second and talk about this. Cause that to me, is the line him saying that for multiple reasons? Um, they're not even super soldiers. It's, it's confirming what we need to know about Walker. He's so embarrassed with how he has performed. It is not. This was his dream to be the cap, right? And he is underperforming. But I do think it's interesting that he does take the super soldiers serum earlier, right? He doesn't. He's lost many fights, but the fight that he um questions in the fight that he goes they're not even super soldiered is the fight with black women with women and specifically black women that is the fir- that is the fight that he is like i essentially he said i'm i they weren't even superpowered but essentially he's saying i lost to women that's how i took it and to me it's like there it'll and that's where i go i think a lot of his privilege i think he is a little misogynistic and i mean a little i think he's a lot misogynistic and i think this was such a sign of his insecurities and his weakness that he couldn't even think that a woman could be him yeah and it's almost like again i, I like i'd almost i don't want to see that type of character you know it's it's awful but again it's like people like that exist people still say stuff like that you know like it's hard to believe in 2021 that people anybody would ever say something like that but but they do and we need to we need to remind people that's not how you act and and i think if we if we explored that a little bit more like i said if we if we had maybe it wasn't so much of a of a nod to to those types of issues but more so like a direct like this is the problem and this is how we fix it so yeah um, yeah and it's like you know it could be like I feel like he could justify that, but oh, I've been losing just super soldiers. Like I get that too, but it's to me, it's like we can't be blind eyed to like. I think there's more to that conversation, and like specifically that this is where he chooses to take the super soldier serum. Like after this fight is the one that he's like. I mean, now he has it right. Like there's multiple, but it's just. I feel like it's worth noting. Yes, definitely. Um, and what, so we go to the next scene, and we get uh, Lamar and Walker. There, I guess they're getting coffee. And uh, I kind of touched on this a little bit. They they talk about the the serum, but uh, we also get autographs here. Uh, Walker gives out an autograph, which again, um, somebody asks some, and they're in a different country. Somebody from a different country wants John Walker's autograph, 
what has he done besides besides have the shield like uh i don't i if i saw him i'd be like okay all right yeah uh <laughs> i'm good He's a figurehead. I mean, Steve was too. Steve made Cap what it was. Cap was a figure. I mean, Cap was a, I am a government pawn to uh, promote patriotism. And that's like what it is now. And I, I do want to say, why are you getting coffee after a fight? Maybe it's just me. I feel like my adrenaline would be running. I don't think I need coffee. Yeah, I mean, it's a good point. I, I don't think most people would. I'm a, I'm just, I'll drink coffee whenever. I'll drink like, uh, it's it's almost midnight here. I'll drink I'll drink coffee right now. Uh, so I, for me, I don't I can't relate to that. Uh, I I like that they were getting coffee. I, I'm I don't know if they're coffee guys though. They don't really strike me as uh I don't know. Like I, I feel like John Walker. I feel like he always doesn't have coffee. That's kind of the problem. Yeah, he but he he needs to calm down though. I feel like he needs to like. Yeah, yeah smoke some weed honestly like he's like yeah. with that fight with, with like the whole funeral scene if he just would have like chilled out for a little bit instead of being like we have to get in there right now and they're like just give me like 10 minutes 10 minutes bud like just 10 minutes but yeah we see this scene with with them and, and this is what you talked about before lamar was like yeah i would i would take it in an instant and they they talk about how the the idea of power and, and i can't remember who says it but essentially that like power makes a person more themselves it, it magnifies yourself and again like we've heard that that essentially many different ways but we heard that throughout the entire episode yeah that's uh and, and i think uh lamar has, also has another line here and it's it, I, I i could feel it jabbing into walker when he says he says imagine how many lives we could have saved if we had that serum and, and again uh is it, it it's definitely like his crushed manhood that he's like he can't win any of these fights and and like he needs to be stronger but at the same time it is like he 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 wants to be that hero like he he can't like he wants to be that guy that people are asking for his autograph you know he he mentions he's not tired of that he likes that lifestyle so that's who he wants he wants to be the hero and Lamar's saying how many lives you could have saved i think that was like the final kick he was like okay you're right yeah, and, and think about this. He wanted the serum. He believed if he had the serum, he would be capped. It's done. It's a done deal. But who, you know, Lamar saying that. Think about how many lives we would save. He becomes the super soldier. And you know whose life he can't save? Lamar's. It's yeah. the like he he still can't do it. Even being the he thinks he's reached that. That's why I think I'm so interested in this episode because to me, Walker, like I understood him. I understood like they did a good job of like, and maybe I'm reading way too much into it and I may be talking too much tonight, but I, I really was captivated by this. Cause this is one of those instances where it's like it, it, the one, the one person he couldn't save was Lamar. The one person who told him that we could save lives. That's not done on accident. <laughs> yeah, totally. And that, I mean, really that that's probably like, uh, I, I can't think of another line he has after that. That might be like his last line in the show. If, if not, uh, it's all very like quick and passing stuff. But um, we'll go. Yeah. To, we'll go to the next scene, and we get this is a this is an interesting phone call. Um, again, I've touched on this briefly. Carly was threatened, and now she's threatening somebody else. She's she's kind of she threatens uh, Sarah and the kids. Yeah, they're gonna meet really him out by the dock. Don't go to the dock. Yeah, we really get the setup. I feel like this is all the setup. For the end, it's very quick scenes, um, but yes, we see Carly basically has, has told her plan. She wants to kill Cap, and and but she doesn't. She still 
thinks there's hope for Falcon. She's, she doesn't know if she can trust him. And so her thing is like, let me just at least separate him from now. So she, like you said, she threatens uh, Sarah. And I, I feel like Sarah handles this pretty well. You know, uh, first it's like, Carly basically is like, I just want to know who Sam is. Like, give me details. And I thought that uh, Sarah handled this well. I also love the like, that's not my cap. The not my like, not my president, not my cap. Like, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't uh, pick him. Yeah, she was like, trust me, he is not working <laughs> with John Walker. Yeah. Trust me. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, that was that was fun. I yeah. Like that. It, and Sarah tells Sarah tells Sam about this. Sam is obviously rightfully upset. And the thing I did find interesting here is like specifically they were like, you had to come alone. And he didn't even bat an eye when Bucky's like, I'm coming. He's like, cool. Okay. Like, it's like, I don't know. Maybe I'm naive, but it's like, if someone tells me to come alone, I'm probably coming alone. Like, I'm not going to question the bad guy that just threatened my sister. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and we see... Obviously, they, they do show up here and, and they pretty quickly get into a fight. And uh, uh, Carly, this is like the coolest Carly's been in my mind as like a super uh, middle ground, not quite here, not quite villain. But she, she she has this one like she like completely decks uh, Bucky. He's jumping off the balcony and she jumps right after him. She like she does like a, it's like there's video games and where you might have like a strong individual and like it might be like a it's like a jump command and then like a dash command we can like jump and dash actually it's i'm thinking of jedi fallen order the video game and there's a there's a move you can do that game where you jump and then dash like in the air like you're kind of you're gonna fly for a second that's what she does it was super cool that was a long rant to say i like carly's fighting yeah and i mean the the whole scene was so it was it was planned out because this was all a ruse. They wanted to separate. I I think honestly she predicted that Sam was going to bring Bucky because now they're over here while the rest of her team is fighting John and Battlestar, and it's pretty clear. Uh, and again, this is where I love that they did so much good showing, not telling, and we don't get told that he took the serum, but we see it. We see him throw the shield and it goes clean through, you know, clean into the wall, and he's able to pull it out, which he wasn't able to pull off a spear from the shield. So we know pretty early on. John has powers now, and Sam knows because at some point Sam and them finally reach them. Uh, Sam sees him like kick this guy like straight <laughs> over the stairs into a wall. Uh, yeah, lots of lots of intense fighting happening. Yeah, and this this scene in particular, there's three moments that that heavily uh, call back to Civil War. And the the first one, there's a stairwell fight scene, which there's a very iconic fight scene in Civil War with Bucky and the stairwell. We get some of that again here. The next one, a little bit later, we get we get uh, John Walker busting through a window with a shield. That's that that is a cat move to a T. And then obviously at the end, um, well, I don't even know if it is obvious because it kind of it kind of hit me in the moment where we get uh, again jumping ahead, but um, he's hitting him with the shield. And that is like that. It, I, I put this together. Okay, I'll tell you this real quick. Uh, Star Wars is now on TikTok. So, and I made a TikTok. It, it, I was, I'm very proud of it. So, if you could go give us a follow on TikTok and check this one out. But I did a scene by scene comparison of of Captain America fighting Iron Man in Civil War, and then John Walker fighting the Super Soldier. And it's basically like shot for shot remake of that scene. So, um, 
yeah, a lot of references going on here. Um, but another... there's a difference between Steve doing it and when John does it. Their motive, like some people are like, oh, why is it okay that Steve did it? There's a difference. There's a clear difference between the two. But I did love that, like, almost the message here is like, yeah, he may have Cap's moves now, but there was more to Steve than the powers. There was more to Steve than the fun Cap moves of jumping out windows and stuff. It was the heart. It was it was what was said to him by the scientists from the beginning. It's it's what's in here. It's it's it was Steve's heart all along, and yeah, I, I thought it was so smart for them to have those key callbacks to the way that Steve fought. Oh yeah, and, and even in that moment, like the, there's the 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 scene in Civil War where he holds a shield up, and you're like, oh my god, he's gonna kill Iron Man, but then he doesn't. He doesn't do that. But then we got that same exact perspective where John Walker holds it up. He's like, oh my God, he's going to kill this, this super soldier. And then he does like, and that's like, again, same powers, but these are completely different people. These are not, uh, this is not a good guy. Yep. And and this all happened because, you know, like we said in the beginning, um, we already kind of called Battlestar dies, but it's because she was trying to kill John and Lamar saved his buddy. Lamar jumps in the way taking the hit and uh, gets knocked into kind of, and they really, you know, focus on Lamar. Like there was like multiple shots where they just like stayed on him. And, uh, you know, uh, it was brutal. This whole, this whole end scene was just like a lot. And so we see Carly and them rightfully so run away. Cause I think also like as much as it's like one thing to say, you're going to like, murder cap or murder to then like do it and like yes she's like burned buildings down and all that but it's different that like she fit you know i don't know she runs away everyone runs away yeah and this is the other thing is lamar he's not on that level with john walker he's like a couple he's he's way more chill um he, he has good advice a lot of the time he makes a good point when he says the serum could save people like that that's not a wrong analysis again he's just thinking of the other captain america he doesn't know what John Walker is capable of. So yeah, I really like Battlestar. I liked his name. I liked his attitude and now he's dead. And yeah, it's just making John Walker worse. So you liked his name. You know, listen, I, I'm not going to say this is Jalen's fault, but Jalen did say he needs a different name. Now I'm not saying that Jalen wish, you know, but, but uh, now we don't have to worry about the name anymore, but no, I, I think, this was important. I mean, this is this is from the comics, and this, not the sense that like Battlestar didn't die in this way to to kickstart USA or anything like that. But there is like this is this is from the comics where it's like they realize how bad Walker is because he gets caught, you know, doing something very similar. It's an iconic scene. Uh, uh, but yeah, he like goes out and he doesn't even care who sees, and everyone has their cameras out. Everyone's filming him, and and they're on this fountain, and the guy's giving up. The guy's like he, the guy surrendered and he right. doesn't care. And he, he wins a battle. He wins his first battle and he pulverizes this guy and he gets up and his shield is on and there's just blood dripping in the camera. And they did. So, there were so many good close-ups of, of Walker. We see another one. It's like Sam shocked that everyone's, everyone's just shook by what just happened and there's nothing. And it cuts to credits and that's all you need to know captain america with a bloody shield what does that tell you about america what that's like everything that's everything without saying anything you have said everything oh yeah oh yeah 
I'm fat. I am because I think I think we are. We're running towards a really awesome conclusion in the show, and I'm very interested to see where John Walker goes from here. Like, is there any redemption? Like, he's just he's done now, right? Like, he's like I feel like from that moment he's lost his job, right? The and, government drops him. The government drops yeah. him, and, and this is where I go. I honestly think the government's at fault. The government set John up to fail. They didn't give. They didn't put him in the. They didn't train him. They didn't they, like specifically for to be captain. Like, they did not put him in the right situation to win this battle to to be cap. And as they are going to drop him like a fly, he is now a stain on the persona that America that the government wanted to portray. He is not their cap anymore. He is a mistake. I don't think he's going to handle that well. And he's now superpowered. There's a lot left. Um, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued where it's going to go. I think the Zemo stuff is wrapped up, in my opinion. Maybe he shows up again. Maybe he doesn't. I think he's going to be in other stuff. And now he's out of jail. Now he's doing his own thing. We have Power Broker. Uh, is that going to be wrapped up? Is that something for a future thing? Who knows? And we got... It seems at this point the battle is Walker versus Sam. I, I think that's that. You know, obviously we have Carly and all that, but to me this is mounting to the cap that the government picked and the cap that didn't want it. So my question is, yeah, obviously John Walker's done here, but does this ruin the idea of Captain America for everybody at this point? Like, because we did, we talked about, yeah. It, we have a very strong suspicion that Sam's going to end up taking up the shield or he will be that next like patriotic stand in for Captain America, whether he is Captain America or whether he's like patriotic Falcon or whatever. I don't My think he's going to be capped. I don't think he's going to yeah. be cap. Sorry not to, I, no. I don't think he's going to be cap. I think he is Falcon who will carry the shield because that's his friend's shield. But I do believe this is their way. Cap is dead. You know, like yeah. in my opinion, Cap is ruined. The legacy of Cap. Steve is not ruined. You know, as we've established, Steve is his own entity at this point. But the legacy of what Captain America stands for at this point is ruined. Can it be rebuilt? Possibly. But I don't see how you could build another person behind behind that that logo, behind that legend, you know? Yeah. And, and this also, this makes a lot of sense to me that now that because we've we've wondered what what is going to motivate Sam to want to be fulfill that role if he does fulfill that role or or if it's in a different capacity or whatever. Uh, I think it totally makes sense now. He sees the threat that John Walker is, and he sees how big the responsibility is. And if he doesn't take it up, somebody completely irresponsible is going to fulfill that role. So, yeah, yeah, this is fascinating. Yeah, lots to go. Do you have any predictions of where the future could go? <sighs> I do, and, and I, I, oh, man, um, it's tough. I, I'm because I feel like my predictions there aren't like super out there at this point. Um, I, I don't think John Walker's making it out of the show live. I, I think Sam is going to fulfill that role in some capacity. I, he will have the shield by the end of this. Um, one thing that I kind of thought, and I don't necessarily, I, it was more so a thought like around after episode two ish. But I was very much wondering because we do get Sam who I, I, again, I desperately think that he will fulfill that role. I kind of feel like this might be the end of Bucky Barnes. So do you think what, that this is his send off? 
You know, I was just thinking that because I'm like, we talked about this, I remember in the pre-show, I was like, oh, I'm excited because like WandaVision, it really felt like Wanda's show, even though it's called WandaVision. I'm excited for Falcon and Winter Soldier. I think they're both going to get there too, but it hasn't really felt that way. It's It's been Sam's show. I don't know where Winter Soldier goes from here. I don't know where Bucky, I don't un, really understand what he's gaining right now. Because it's like in the beginning, they really set him up that he's still struggling and all this stuff and he's trying to finish his list. But he hasn't been focused on that. Like nothing has been focused on Bucky. I could possibly see Bucky dying. I also could see Bucky. There is a part of me that could see Falcon not taking. We're all setting up for Falcon to take the shield. I could see that maybe Bucky needs it more. I think Bucky needs to be capped more than Falcon does. I think Falcon knows who he is. I don't think Bucky does. And so there is a part of me that could see that too. A complete twist where Bucky takes it. Now, do I think that should happen? I don't know. But I think there has to be more for Bucky. Otherwise, why was he here? Just for the banter, just for them to have the whole joke about like the whole give me leg room again. Yeah. Yeah. See, and again, if if we were focusing on that list more, we were focusing on his story more, I'd probably be way more sold that this is honestly the end of him, right? But I still feel like there's a lot of story to be told. Now, another thing that this is kind of a, a weird comparison to make, but I've been rewatching The Walking Dead. And there, spoilers for The Walking Dead. Um, there's a character named Dale, and on on the episode that Dale dies, he spends the entire episode trying to convince everybody not to kill this prisoner that they have. That's his entire motivation. He he's he's just trying to talk everybody out of it. They're going to take a vote, and he's like going to each individual person. He's like, look, these are we're not there yet. You know, we're not we are, we're not too far gone. We don't we don't have to kill this man. Like that's not who we are. And he ends up dying at the end of the episode. And then the next episode, they decide that they're going to honor what he wanted. Nobody was on board with him when he was alive. But now that he was dead, he was willing to respect it. This is a long way to saying that I Bucky wants Sam to take that shield so badly that I think that one of the biggest things that would motivate Sam to do that is if Bucky moved on. And the best way to honor Bucky would be to take up the shield. I think my issue with that is, isn't that essentially Phil Coulson and Avengers? maybe a little yeah Which you can do i, I mean i think they're doing it's not a bad thing i think they're doing that with with i've said before i think john walker is a different version and obviously a different you know different people are handling it but he feels very much like duke and jessica jones uh where he's this military guy that takes medicine you know takes pills becomes strong but then rages because of that i feel like that storyline is very similar so i'm not saying that's unopposed like that's not possible but I do think that's very correlated, right? The like someone has to die for you to finally change your values. That's what triggers. I mean, that's what triggers Walker to completely like jump to the point that he's now murdering someone in front of everyone is he needed Lamar to die essentially to get to that point. I think. Yeah, that makes sense to me. So um, I do want to touch on because you kind of hinted about it earlier, and I know we talked a little bit before the show. I, I'm ready for you. I need to, I need to dive into your prediction here, or I, I don't know if it is a prediction. Maybe you need to clarify. Let's. Let, what do you got going on here? What are you brewing up, Tommy? One thing that I just want to point out, I guess, and it's like I don't even know how much I believe in it. I've seen it around, and it's something I feel like we just need to touch on. And and the more I keep watching, the more I'm kind of thinking it might be right. Is Again, in the same way, I'm like, what's Bucky's motivation? What is? I'm trying to think of each character. Why is Sharon here? Why did Marvel think it was so important to bring back Sharon? One of the theories that has been going out is Sharon is the power broker. She is the power broker. Um, 
she's the one that's talking about it the most. She's the one that seems to have the the key on what the power broker is doing. Um, I don't know if I love it, but I really could see that happening. At this point, power broker has to be someone we know because you have two episodes to deal with everything else, plus introducing a new character, unless they just don't. But to me, it has to be someone. And and I think it's Sharon. There's a part of me that really does truly believe it might be Sharon. The only thing that, because I'm not totally against it, I, I think it would explain a lot about Sharon's life now and, and Madripoor and like how she's living this lavish life and she has access to satellites all of a sudden and... Uh, I think she could have a lot of power in that way, a power broker. Um, the weird thing is to me, though, we get a lot of conversation with her about the power broker. Like, she's talking about, like, if she's talking about herself like this, like, she's saying, like, the power broker's pissed. Like, that's such a weird villain move to be like, I, I am the power broker, and I'm going to tell everyone I'm pissed, but I'm not going to tell you who I am. I'm just going to talk about me in third person. I think that's super weird. Yeah, I guess. Pull it together. In the third person, I agree. But how many times has this been like, I mean, okay, another superhero. Think of like Wonder Woman where, you know, spoilers for Wonder Woman, everyone. But uh, where Ares is first portrayed as like this kind man that that is helping her. And then the twist is, no, he's been the bad guy all along. And like she he made her believe it was this other person the whole time. I think you could see a world where maybe like Sharon's trying to catch, get them off the scent by like, it's like if you talk about it much, it's like um, clearly the person that's talking about murder is definitely not the person murdering, right? So it's like if she's talking about the power broker so much, she's definitely not it because it'd be too obvious then at that point. So I don't know. I I could see it both ways. I think it explains a lot, and I guess that's why I lean towards it more, is I'd rather it explain a lot than be weird that she's talking in third person. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. So we'll see. We'll, we'll put a pin in that because that uh, you never know. That, that yeah. could be interesting and... Uh, so I guess along the same lines of predictions here, there, I, I want to revisit the cameo draft. And, and uh, I, I, I have a pick, and I don't know if you have a pick. It might be the same pick. If, you, if it is the same pick, um, I'm screwed because I don't have a second pick. But um, there, there was – I'll talk about it. And I'm hesitant to talk about this because there was so much crap in WandaVision with these writers and directors and actors coming into interviews and filling us with lies. And look, they're never going to tell us what's actually going on. Right. They're never going to, they're never going to say, Oh, there's a big cameo coming. Right. Like they just don't, they they don't do that. They didn't do that for the Mandalorian when there was a big cameo at the end of that. It's just not their move. Like I'm pretty sure they cannot say that stuff. So if they are, they're probably trolling us with that being said, there was an interview that uh, hinted at a big cameo coming in the next episode. Even um, I'm not buying into it. I don't think anybody else should. With that being said, I do think just in case, I think it's time to fall back on our cameo draft a little bit. I think, I think we should at least do one more pick to stack our decks here. So are you on board, Tommy? Yes. I have two ways I could go. Let's hit it. Cause I'm going to let you pick first. Uh, because te- I guess technically I went, you went first last time, so I had the most recent pick, which means it would be your turn to pick. So I will, I will let you pick first. There's one that seems kind of obvious, right? There's one that like not. There is a type of the Wakandans have shown up a lot, right? So it'd be easy to pick someone from the Wakandan 
universe. Um, I don't believe it's King T'Challa, obviously, with everything that happened there. This was filmed beforehand. Maybe that was the plan to bring Black Panther into it. I don't think it is anymore. Um, but there could be someone in that world. And then there's another part of this. And there is a part of me that's kind of leaning more that way, which is the government side. And I don't believe we drafted this person. Maybe we did, and I'm just completely wrong. But I I feel like you are going to go more the Wakanda route. So I'm going to let you have that. And, like, I know who you're going to pick. I already know. <laughs> and I was debating going with the other. There's two people I think it could be from the Wakanda universe. Um, but I'll let you have that. I'm going to go with Thunderbolt Ross. So... Uh- we're gonna stop down really quickly. I, I, I want I want you to elaborate on this a little bit more because there's a lot of talk on the internet about how how that could possibly be and what that means for for the Marvel universe. I think it's a great pick, kind of just picking up on the vibes. I don't really know how he relates to the comic books too much, so if you could fill us in a little bit. Yeah, I mean he he's less in the comic books, but they really like he's obviously in the comic books. His big storyline is Hulk, right? Like he is he is the person that is constantly going after Hulk. At some point, he becomes Red Hulk. There's a lot with Thunderbolt Ross, but it's always usually correlated with Hulk. What they've done in the MCU is they really made him the spokesperson for the government. Anytime the government's involved, Thunderbolt Ross is the person that is explaining it to us, the audience. Um, They haven't done that yet in the TV shows. Maybe they won't. But I think especially with what's happening with John Walker, I could easily see them do that. I could also see it be Rhodey again because they've kind of been using Rhodey to be that government spokesperson. So who knows? Well, um, hold on, hold on. Because I, I, this is a good question. I wanted to talk about this when Brody came out the first time. If, if he shows up again, is it a cameo? I think it's still uh, I think it's still a cameo. I don't think he's going to come up again. Okay, that's fair. But I'm not going to pick him. Pick, so. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think <laughs> you pick him. But uh, yeah, I think that's that's where I lean there. But yeah, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I, I'll be. Just, I, I'm down for that. I, I I think it might make more sense than what I'm about to do. Um, I, I think you read me pretty spot on. I did do a little research because uh, I wanted to make sure it made sense. Now there was a break in the filming of of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, where um, uh, Chadwick Boseman was alive, and he totally could have filmed a cameo for this role. But one thing that keeps throwing me off is the fact that we had this this flashback to Io and Bucky at the beginning. I feel like if Chadwick Boseman was going to be in the show, that it would make so it would only make sense for him to be there. You know, why would they have Io fulfill that role when it could have been him? Um, with that being said, uh, maybe I'm just trying to keep hope alive a little bit that I can see uh, T'Challa on my screen once more. So I will take the Black Panther interesting i had two other picks that was not one of my picks okay i, I thought i want to hear i thought either you're gonna see a, a, a koye um like yeah. like it's like io couldn't get it done so now she comes in um i could also see shuri and maybe this is how they implement what's going to happen in, in black panther 2 is they bring her in and this you know we we find out that like t'challa is passed on or whatever they decide to do with t'challa um i could see that be a thing too so I'd be exciting either any of those. I'd be very excited to see happen. Oh, I'd love Shuri. Uh, just the concept that she could possibly be 
the next Black Panther just sends shivers up my spine because I love her so much and uh, I love that character and I would love to see. It. I didn't. I didn't even consider that. I, that might make more sense than T'Challa, and- but. Because she is connected to, I mean, they said in this episode, she helped fix him with Io. So I, I yeah. definitely was very leaning Shuri, but I, I decided to go with Ross instead. Yes. Awesome. So there we have, we've, 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 uh, we've padded our cameo drafts here. And if you give me a second, I'm going to update you on our full cameo draft is it bad that i don't know this off the top of my head I gotta how are we doing how did we win <laughs> yet who won not not quite i so on my team i have uh steve rogers i have rocket raccoon and i have the black panther tommy has um nick fury ant-man and now thunderbolt ross so this is uh well it'll be interesting I, i'd be happy to see any of these people on the show so, um, but yeah, that, that's our cameo draft and, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Maybe there's no cameo. Uh, we'll see though. Um, so I, I guess if you don't have anything else on the episode or cameos or predictions or anything, I guess we can jump into the, the back half of our episodes where we talk about news and recommendations. Yeah. Let's hit um, on some, some quick old news. old like a, like a, like a breaking news. Here we go. <laughs> yes uh and i I, i've got uh i've got one big one and then i've got a bunch of little news stories i'll throw at you um and hopefully i'm not stepping on your toes but my news story is um netflix bought out the rights to knives out knives out was a murder mystery movie made by ryan johnson and super popular movie you haven't seen knives out you definitely have to see that movie but uh, netflix has bought out the rights to the sequels now and we know that Ryan Johnson will be back to have full creative control over that. And it'll also feature Daniel Craig in the leading role in his detective role with a brand new uh, ensemble cast of, of characters for each movie. So uh, I love Knives Out so much. I love Daniel Craig and I'm super excited. And, and look, I, I know there's a lot of people that they're movie theater supremacists, right? They they want to preserve the the theaters, and, and I get it. I love going to the movie theaters. Like before the pandemic, that was like literally like sometimes twice a week, definitely every single week I would go to the movies. So I, I get it. I love going to the movie theaters, but I also like the home viewing experience, especially this day and age. It's safer to stay at home. So uh, yeah, throw stuff on Netflix. Let's go. It's okay. We can, we can do it. Movie theaters are going to come back. It's just a matter of time. So um, also, I just want to throw out real quickly because it's kind of interesting coming to uh, what we got coming up in the future of Star Wars. Um, we got a bunch of new trailers this week. We got a Loki trailer, which this was my favorite trailer of all of them. We have the Bad Batch trailer, which is going to be the next show that we talk about. And then we have Black Widow. We've never discussed how we would talk about movies on this podcast, but I, I think we would have some Black Widow coverage as well. So, um, yeah, so three three big trailers in our universe. So if you want to check those out, if you're a trailer person, I know Tommy's not. I know my brother's not. I know some I'm, of you guys aren't. But. I have not seen them. But, yes, I heard about the Netflix next out. I'm excited for it. But I'm also like, there is a part of me that's like, uh I, I love Netflix. I'm not trying to say that their productions are, are I don't know. There's a, there's a part of me that just loves going to a theater and I love seeing nice out in theaters. So um, still excited that we're going to get more of it though. In yes. general. Um, 
Mine this week isn't really comic book related, but it is in the nerd universe. Uh, I'm going to talk about video games for a second. I'm going to talk about uh, the new story I have is all about E3. E3 was announced. Uh, it is happening this year, but it's going to be happening virtually. And it's, it's going to be, from the way they're making it sound, they're going to try to take the feeling you feel of actually being there and putting it into the virtual world. So it's not going to be just like watching videos. I don't know if we're going to get to play or we're, like we're going to watch someone play. I don't really understand how it's going to work. But uh, yeah, people have signed up. Nintendo uh, is supposed to have a huge news at E3 this year. Um, so that's my news is just, uh, watch out for some video game, uh, fun. I really hope that goes well. Like uh, I know in the past, even before the pandemic, Microsoft and Sony both kind of taken a step back from E3 and they kind of do their own showcases and whatnot. So I'm really hoping that this isn't like the nail in the coffin and, and we can still kind of get their involvement in this. Uh, cause I love E3. E3 is a fun event. So yeah. Uh, and uh, the whole, there's been like film festivals at home type deal and yeah, E3 at home. I'm down. I, like I, I was never going to be able to go to E3 to begin with. So bring it home to me. I, I'm down. See, I've always wanted to go. I've had, I, you know, living in LA, I, I feel like I could have. So part of me does want them to do a live one, at least one more time so I can go once. But I also heard it's not, you're waiting in line a lot. It's like a really uh, long lines like Disneyland, but even worse, I've heard. There's no Dole Whip. Yeah, see, I think the only one I've ever, like, the only sort of conference type deal that, or expo, I guess you'd call it, that I considered going to was uh, Star Wars Celebration. Uh, that's in Chicago, not too far from me. That's, like, achievable. And uh, I really wanted to go to the last one. I, did, I wasn't able to make it work, so I hope they have another one at some point. Or at least a, a home Star Wars Celebration. But yes. Completely off topic. So sorry. <laughs> a, a, a life day celebration, of course. Yes. Um, but yeah, and then uh, let's jump right into recommendations. Mine for you. <laughs> it's kind of a cop out, but listen, we briefly touched on it last week, but officially I can confirm that our guest last week, the Jalen Jones, and I have released our first episode of. The Ned's Declassified Rewatch Podcast called Declassified Survivor Guide Podcast. We have released the first episode. The second one is recorded and will be released on Monday. And uh, I think you should all, if you haven't listened to it, take a listen. Give us some subscriptions there. Like, you you know, subscribe, reviews, just like you do for us here. Uh, I'm taking all of you and I'm taking you to another podcast. Michael has approved it. Michael will most likely be a guest at some point. Uh, and uh, I'm excited for to just talk more. Yes, uh, I listened to the first episode. It's a lot of fun. Uh, obviously, you heard Jalen last week. She's a riot. Tommy's even better. So we love the two of them. So yeah, please go support them. Give them a review on iTunes. Uh, we want to see this podcast succeed. So um, definitely. Now for my recommendation, I touched on it briefly earlier. And I know this is like completely outdated uh, recommendation, but I, I got to say it because it's kind of relevant. I'm rewatching The Walking Dead. And this is my second zombie TV show that I'm, I'm recommending. So bear with me here. But now The Walking Dead, I always thought that it had a huge drop off, right? And quality towards some of the later seasons, in my opinion. But I will say I'm on season six now. And season six was right where like I was kind of fed up. I, I didn't like a lot of the stuff going on in the show. Um, some of the decisions being made and how the show is being handled. But I got to say, 
I think it was much harder for me to watch it from the week to week, but now that I'm binging it, I'm really appreciating the show. And it, honestly, it's one of the greatest shows. I mean, especially like seasons one through three, like just incredible television. You might think the next few seasons drop off a little bit, but it's still like super powerful TV show. And uh, look, if you're not going to read the comics, which first of all, I would recommend, I, I probably should recommend the comics. I think the comics are better. Um, the, comics the comics are, are so good. Every issue is all the arcs are so good. I, I love the comics. I do love the, I mean, the first, obviously the first couple of seasons of the show is so good and so different and then they go off track, but they do get back on track from what I've heard. The recent seasons have been very good. Well, good. Cause I, I didn't watch nine and obviously, or I guess 10 just aired and then there's going to be 11. So I, I still have some new content to get to. So, and I, I think that is some of the better stuff. So look, uh, uh, dive in if, if you've never watched it or if you're like me and you jumped off look uh jump back in because i'm having a lot of fun with this rewatch way more than i even expected so and uh if you're not open to that comic books that's it that's yep. all i got so i agree look at us we did it again we've done it uh another another episode down two more to go here for the falcon and the winter soldier and uh I, i'll just I'll, I'll wrap up here to give a big thank you to aaron robertson who opened us up with our theme song and Ethan Kellum, who did our, our art and uh, you can find both of their social media handles in the show notes. And I also like to remind everybody to rate and review us on iTunes uh, five stars, preferably uh, it helps out the show a lot. Um, I also like to say to tell a friend, it's just the best way to, to, to get people on board is, is word of mouth. So if you know somebody watching Falcon, the winter soldier, tell them to check us out. Yeah. Um, maybe go to your local, uh, uh, park and obviously six feet apart and throw some Turkish delight on the ground, get people to come in close and then tell them about the podcast after they're eating all your Turkish delight. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, always, always lead with the Turkish delights. So, um, also, I don't usually say this, but I will throw it out there because I've been having a lot of fun on the Stark Wars social media this week. I love interacting with people. I I've really embraced uh, Instagram. Uh, I've connected with some different people that like they didn't even necessarily like listen to Stark Wars, but they do podcasts and they follow me now. And like uh, I've shot them a couple messages. So it's been really fun connecting with people on there. So we've got content on Instagram, Twitter, and now TikTok. So uh, if you're interested in any of that, you can follow us at Stark Wars Pod on all those platforms. What should we next? Should we, should we get into Clubhouse? Should we Stark Wars Clubhouse rooms and people can come <laughs> talk to us? Yeah, I'm totally down. Um, I haven't gotten into Clubhouse too much. I saw they. I feel like it might be better. For, I saw they do Twitter Spaces now. Do you know anything about this? Yeah, I've heard about Twitter Spaces, Discord. Does Everyone's trying to get into the game that Clubhouse yeah. started. Clubhouse yeah, might so. be dying. Who knows? I heard that's <laughs> yeah, rumor we'll, on the street. We'll uh, we'll see. Uh, because it, it's a cool concept, the whole like spaces clubhouse type deal. So uh, if you're interested in that, maybe maybe again follow us on social media because if we did start doing that, that's where you'd hear about it. So yep. All right, Tommy. I, that's all I got for this episode. So again, just thank you everybody so much for listening, and I hope you have a great weekend. Hey, you too. All right, everybody. We'll see you later. And uh, yeah, stay tuned. Bye. Bye.